Welcome to the Go All In podcast. I'm your host, Rob Bruss, and today on the show, we have Mario Bex. Mario is an expert in human behavior, psychology, investigations, and is an all-round Go All In kind of guy. Mario began his career working with the Department of Defense in Croatia, and over the years, he held various senior positions in the security and intelligence services. Mario opted out of government work and founded Insight Intelligence in 2003 to map out his own path. If you really want to know what makes a person tick, Mario will unpack it in a way that you've never heard before. Let's get started. G'day everyone and welcome to Go All In Exclusive. If this is your first time here, welcome. It's great to have you here. I know you're going to absolutely love these exclusive episodes. My guests and I go deep on these shows. We go deep into mastering the art and the science of going all in. And these podcasts have been created and they're for you. And the idea is to shortcut the path to the success that you're seeking. Make sure if you've got a question or some feedback for the show that you reach out to us via the Ask Me Anything page. And you can just take a little peek at your phone right now and the link to the AMA is right there in the show notes so you won't have to go digging around for it. For regular listeners of the Goal In Exclusive, if you're back for more, welcome back. It's great to have you here. And as I like to say, I love our repeat offenders at the Goal In Exclusive. Thanks for your loyalty. And thanks so much for spending your precious and valuable time with me here on the podcast today. Remember, my guests and I are here to serve you, the listener. We want to hear from you. We want to know your thoughts and your opinions about the topics that we're discussing. So make sure you connect with us via the AMA page. Also, before we kick off today, don't forget to grab your free copy of my best-selling masterclass called Master Your Mind and Go All In. It's worth $149 and I'm giving it to you for free. It's my best work and inside you'll find over 15 years of entrepreneurial experience coupled with my 10 years of military experience all condensed into nine modules, nine video-based modules, that is, with over four hours of content. And you can grab your copy at goallin.com.au forward slash referral, and you can find that link also in the show notes. Alrighty, let's get into today's show. Mario, welcome to the Go All In exclusive. It's great to have you here, mate. Robert, thank you for having your very well famous known podcast. I truly appreciate for no. calling me day before the end of the day 2020. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's a this is pretty reflective for me, actually. I've uh, been spending the morning um, writing a podcast that I'm going to record after this one. It's it's reflections of 2020 and and what's coming up for 2021. And I've got to say, I'm looking forward to putting this year behind me. How has it been for you? How has COVID e- affected your business? Well, at first, you know, like uh, the, the last time I traveled this year, 2020, I was in uh, Middle East in March. And uh, just saying that, I, I truly didn't believe that's going to happen. This what's happening right now, mm. and nobody was can be prepared this fully. Rob, I mean, like you agree with me, you've been in the military ten years, and you can put the planning and whatever's happening. I noticed beginning beginning of the year, 2020, I was in Singapore for work in uh, 
end of January when the COVID started exploding. And I was on a one meeting with the one with a large bank um, and people were discussing a lot of sort of issues. And I asked question at the end, I said, what's with the COVID? Does anybody think COVID is going to be something extravaganza? Mm. Everybody told me, no worries, you're thinking too much. I said, like, I think we should do some provisions and think about how we're going to continuing the work, you know, overseas and, you know, all the branches of the banks. Two months later, I was in the Middle East. When I landed, I said to myself, this is, this is, this is it. This is something new. Mm. I, I don't know how to stay afloat because it's not how much I want to work, but how many clients want to stay there. And as you know, the most of the businesses first believe it, you know, it's going to last two months and everybody was having impressions going to be a few months and we're going to have the vaccine. However, as the time passed by, I noticed that most of the clients I do have, uh, smaller businesses start disappearing. And in you know, in all honesty, most of them they contact me and say, "I can't pay your bill for the for the February." And I'm still like, "Look, it's what I'm gonna say." Yeah, I see that struggle becomes real. Moving forward, by end of the June, there was a there was a exactly time right up and that we start slowly op- opening again. Mm. Um, and then I start thinking and say, Mario, if this is continue, how are we going to continue business? And I knew it that business will never be the same. Everything's moved digitally, yeah. Which I'm not. I'm not a big fan. Uh, you know, think people just online. In <laughs> uh, the field I'm working, investigations and human intelligence, it's requiring person-to-person touch. Then there comes another hit. Victoria being locked down in Victoria uh, in end of the August which removed another portion of the manpower I'm dealing with and the clients. So what I did, I asked my staff to tell me what I'd like to do. Mm. Would be like asking more the business from existing clients. And we all agree that we're going to offer some services without putting pressure on the clients. So I applied something called predictive analysis in military counterintelligence. And I tried to look the worst possible case scenario was going to be and how it's going to affect this because I need to preserve the business. Uh, as you know, every beginning has the end. And, you know, towards the September, Minnesota start booming. Um, slowly, Quinn was coming online. So, what I did, I tried to preserve as much as possible work I can with the clients, um, discussing with them the parents' options. However, COVID created a lot of um, investigations in, 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 in the field we are for some of my clients actually tripled. Wow. Because, yeah, because the fraud started appearing. Yeah. Uh, the fraud was that one become dry. As you know, six months into the crisis, people start feeling there's no money, Rob. And um, it was uh, it was uh, it was experience I, I didn't expect it, that fraud's going to rise. So even small businesses start doing a lot of investigations around the issues. So I preserved the business in a way that I reduced some costs, which was its must. Uh, some luxury items was not being <laughs> in the office. Mm. But the uh, point is I preserved my staff and salaries and I discussed with my clients what expectancy we can have so I, I can do some prediction for the next 14 days or at least month. So that's for me this. So. And what about 2021 as you look ahead? Are you seeing things turning around for you a little bit? Are things better? We all, we all hope in 2021 is going to be something. I truly, it will be. Uh, I can't 
taken my eyes off the vaccine. Um, Australia, it's a beautiful country. However, Australia, it's an island depending a lot of things which affect my business. Uh, the tourists, which means more work for the yep. for my clients, uh, the students, which, you know, so workforce is uh, being affected. So I truly believe 2021, it will be another challenging year to we not to adjust ourselves on the old pre-COVID, but it's going to be something new because we're going to have the people working from home still. Mm. Um, we're going to have a vaccine. And uh, for my understanding, Australia is going to have the open borders, which is going to make it create a more free moments and uh, more clients of accesses. And I think that people missing the face-to-face more than anything else. So I truly believe the second second half of the 2021, it will be the something we, we're looking forward. The first six months, is going to be a lot of uh, obstacles, you know, rolling out vaccine, uh, still borders closed open, and uh, people slowly can't get out. Uh, we'll try to get out from the from the from the shelves where they are. However, my my understanding, I understand that most of people will still stay working from home. Yeah, will be afraid. So, like that's the something I'm looking forward to explore in 2021. So I believe it's going to be okay. Second half of 2021 is going to be something we are going to see beautiful things yeah i think i agree with you i was saying to you off air before we uh, hit the record button here that i really think that next year we're seeing more of the same for the next sort of six months and i was reflecting on what happened this year for me and what's ahead and and i really think that the second half of next year will really see business and the economy turn around all things being equal if we don't end up in a kinetic war with china or something bad like that you know there's you know that's that's a real potential there's a real thing that might happen there so if that does happen i think you know business kind of returning a bit more to normal in quarter number three of next year which is brings optimism to me you know i had it like you i i've uh, i've got a couple of businesses and uh, my photography business is completely completely crushed you know my partner and i've been working on that for the last 16 years and uh come come march this year 2020 it, it was a very humbling experience to see everything that we'd worked for for 16 years just completely stop um, the business is not dead because it has no real overheads. Like it doesn't really have staff. It has contractors and it's as needed type stuff. But you have that cash flow and you have a predictable cash flow and you have a predictable future. And once that future that you know is gone and you have that level of uncertainty there, it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And I've just had so much certainty around that business because, you know, we would do four or five weddings in a weekend. We'd go to some government events, do some minister stuff, and there'd be a bunch of stuff that we had consistently. And sometimes you think, oh, business is a little bit slow. And then three or four jobs will come through and you're like, oh, it's actually not that slow. But then March came around and it's like, oh, business is a bit slow. And it's completely stopped. It's completely gone. So we had a little bit of business come back and, and I'm looking forward to, I think, as you say, quite correctly, I think the, the third quarter of 2021, you know, winter next year, our time is when this thing will turn around. Yeah, because like Australia, I'm young in Australia, I'm not born as listeners can hear it. But I think Australia was living for far too long in different lifestyle. Mm. And this is a great opportunity now, not to reinvent themselves, but that Australia looks internally amongst each other uh, to resources, to the businesses, to build uh, more sustainable businesses, and to rely internally rather than externally. Yeah. Um, China, you know, China, look, I, I, 
Uh, I've been the part of communist system, um, but one thing I, I can say about China as much as they are, uh, look, Australia is an island, and this is not 1941 where the Japanese sneak on the Pearl Harbor, nobody saw them. Mm. You know, you need to have the, all these ships coming to Australia, nobody, that nobody sees, there's a lot of satellites there. So when it's come to the China, I think that hybrid warfare was the biggest problem, which mm. is, uh, I had the one uh, webinar launched uh, mid last year, uh, sorry, this year, almost uh, last year, 2020. Uh, hybrid warfare, which is which is typical being uh, uh, applications being used by the, by the Chinese, because Chinese have their doctrine in the 90s, uh, three prompt warfare. They, they have that, uh, the entire um, structure of these things. So Australia, I think it's going to come, not come, but it's going to come emerge maybe with obstacles as you experience in a lot of businesses. As much as it's going to be hard, I truly believe that people unite themselves and find the, find the internally how to support each other. This is growth. Uh, without COVID, of course, yeah, yeah. Well, there was some good things. There was some good news on the economic front earlier today, which I, I quite liked. And uh, it's kind of good to to put this out on a podcast because you might listen back to this podcast in six months and go, "Oh, that's what happened then." I wonder what's happening now, sort of thing. You know, the the UK and the EU free trade deal was approved after yes. Brexit. So that had finally been given the tick of approval. So the, that means the free trade deal that we have with the UK will also be forthcoming very, very soon. And so the, the Chinese Communist Party think that they can impose tariffs on all of our uh, all of our exports to them, but we just the the price of iron ore has gone up so much that it's completely negated the tariffs that have happened. You know that's not at the expense of that's not to say that it's not at the expense of those people exporting lobsters and barley and wine and whatever. But the the point is the Chinese have uh, caused themselves they've painted themselves into a corner, and we definitely do have these alternative markets. The agreement that we've signed awesome. with Japan recently is the the biggest trade deal in Australian history. The one that we do with the the UK in the coming uh, months and, and ahead is going to be just as big. And so the government has been working hard to try and find new markets. We've got these new markets and the Chinese are going to be left over there isolated by themselves. The communism, the communist ideology just has no place in the modern world. It just it just doesn't fit. No, look, look the, the, the communism is its ideology. The, yeah. the socialist way of the lifestyle, it is the, is the way how we go. The problem what Western society did have and has still with China, they continuously undermining them by glorifying their successes. Yeah. So China, I know from my from my sources, people I used to be working in service and and in the military, you know, Europe it's 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 very, very upset with China. So what China actually did it at the first glance he looks very powerful and you know he can, you know, dictate Australia things. But in 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 contrary, they uniting the world against themselves. So communism, it's very expensive uh, item mm. for themselves because uh, communism doesn't live on the money, but it lives on the glory. Other people say this to them. Uh, USSR done the bankruptcy in 1989 because they chased the Ronald Reagan great marketing uh, the Star Wars. So imagine China. As I said, China it's it's a big road. You've been in the army. You can have the army of five million people, but you need to feed them. Yeah, you need to kill them. And China, so like you know, like as much as they think they're great and everything else, what they're doing is actually uniting the world against themselves. 
with a very few exits they had. That's the reason why they position themselves in, in Latin America, they tried in the Balkans. But I said, overall, they're going to come back and ask for the lobsters. Uh, there will be. But, you know, that's, there's a time in Australia is going to say, well, go all in on the podcast first and admit, and then you're going to so, yeah, I truly believe that. That's true. That's true. Well, Mario, it, it's good to catch up with you. We need to do this more often and in a social sense as well. I, I miss hanging out with you. It's good. For the listeners that don't know you and have never met you before, maybe you can just give us a little bit of background. You mentioned there that you were in the military. I kind of alluded to that in the top intro as well. But maybe you could just give us the uh, the, the 50,000-foot view of your career and where you've come from and how you ended up where you are today because it's pretty interesting. Look, I, I, you know, you know, in your life, it comes the moment when the people who hurt you and people who abandon you, you say thank you. So my parents died a long time ago, 30 years ago. And my father was in, in 1986, decided to kick me out of my home, you know. He just decided and, you know, I was thinking he was joking. It was a Christmas Eve and, you know, people don't believe in these things that's happening, but it's like in the movie. Get out of the house, get the fuck out, I want to see you. He kicked me out and my father was very, very sadistic person um, along with my mom and um, I was lucky enough my grandfather saw me on the street uh, my grandfather was then he was slugging when still slug I was the second uh, highest position person in secret police like if you were KGB like in KGB it's called the Udba mm-hmm. and took me away with him and uh, the fun thing is enough you know be careful what you wish for because I always want to be like him and he doesn't want me to be like him because he was always saying to me, you don't understand what the intelligence services are. And, and look, it's, it's a different different generation. Um, and I ended up in military school. So he said military school, not naval military school in split in Croatia, then part of Yugoslavia. However, you know, life always gives you something what you don't expect. I've been the child since 1991, civil war broke out in Yugoslavia. I transfer myself into the defense force of Croatia to fight for the independence. For me, independence and democracy was like Coke and McDonald's and, you know, <laughs> so these things, because we didn't know nothing better. You, believe, you know, when you're born in communism, you're born into, when you are born, you're communist, right? Because the moment you're born, you see all these magnificent pictures of the, of the Stalin, Marx, Engels, you know, like Lenin, everybody, and, you know, indoctrination goes continuously 24-7. So I was a part as a young 14 to 18 years old in military school in communism, uh, and then war for independence in Croatia. I uh, was expecting going to be in a war. I think it's the most uh, horrific experience I did have. Uh, I never spoke to myself more than during the war. And uh, you know, there was many nights. You know, I have 1800 con- consecutive combat days. Um, and trust me, Robin, for all these as much as people believe I was brave, I was flying and nobody saw me. Um, and, you know, this guy just to survive this night. And, you know, like, you know, when you're facing the third most powerful uh, armed force in Europe, which is the Yugoslav Federal Army, mm. and that's what the China is. As soon as you have the, in the name of the army, people army, structure is different. It's not professional army. It's a indoctrinated, you know, and it's, it's a different setup. But I was become professional soldier. So after seven, uh, seven, six years in the combat, I was transferred from uh, combat units to the military security intelligence services. And two years later, I decided to, you know, to step out to marry to have a family. My government told me we have a good job for you in foreign affairs. And I was like, you know, what does that mean? 
hey, 007 lifestyles. Oh, God, they're going to take it this year. <laughs> it wasn't like this. So I was transferred into the service, then called Director of the Seven, which is a foreign country intelligence services. Mm-hmm. And I was in Australia. I was to stay for five years in Australia in, in Croatian uh, diplomatic environment working alongside with the Australian government and Australian government services. And then I decided to stay in Australia, which was, at that stage, I wasn't expecting it was be hard because I become the bouncer. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you, you question yourself, is this a good choice I've done from the badge gun and all this, you know, lifestyle. Eventually, I draw myself from, 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 being on the bottom of society, which most of the people in Australia and uh, immigrants, they're not grateful. I'll tell you why. When I stay in Australia, when I start working as a bouncer and the cleaner and the hotels, I truly believe I deserve more. But what I didn't know that I should learn the culture in Australia, mm. language, uh, laws, legislations, acts, how people behave. And I must say, I always say this to the, to the people around me. People who come to Australia, they don't know how lucky they are. Mm. Because Robert, let me be honest with you, Rob. If I try this to do any kind to become the business owner in Croatia, anywhere in the world, I'll never be. Australia, as much as difficult it was, it is. People are here different. People help you. You know, you're slowly progressing. So in 2009, GFC hit, and I was in corporate world, and um, it was the difficult times. And I started my business in intelligence. So that's how I started my business. And that was another time. You know? I mean, then I need to write on me, which is a very big problem. Yeah. So how long have you been in Australia for now? Like, when did you first get here with your first posting? Yeah, I 18th of November, 98. Right. So quite a while. So it's, you, you, you go and you bump it up against 20 years. <laughs> 22 years. Yeah. And I, I truly, I, I love every, every single opportunity. Look, you know, this is for your listening. This is not paid article, nothing. <laughs> I'll never meet Robert Bruce, go all in, number eight podcast in the world, if I didn't meet our mutual friend. Mm. And mm-hmm. nobody in the world will talk to me as, you know, I mean, this is opportunity people don't understand. You don't know in Australia. Around the globe, it's a, it's a different. People, jealousy, envy, uh, protecting their own field. So I so like, this is Australia's to talk to Robert Bros on his podcast. Mm. And that's, uh, trust me, I said, like, this is not paid, this is not being rigged, we never spoke about this. And I was going to say this, I am grateful for this opportunity. So in Australia, you can succeed if you just learn how people think, live, and behave. That's and of course, you can share your knowledge. Yeah, that's beautifully said, mate. And uh, it's a great backstory that you've got there as well. You you, you had a, a a very hard and traumatic experience in the early part of your life. I mean, getting getting booted by your parents and then growing up in a war and really becoming a man during a, a wartime situation is not something that you'd wish upon anybody. And you know, I've been no. unfortunate or fortunate enough to be in combat zones myself a couple of times. And I, I don't know what it's like to be in a European combat zone and certainly not in a, a kinetic war like you were in, but I do know what it feels like to be there, to have that uncertainty, that trepidation, and to live with that every single day. And you put on a brave face. 
you know, you, you rack your rifle and you walk out the front gate and you, you go on, on a patrol and not knowing if that's going to be the last time that you walk out the front gate of wherever the hell it was that you were sleeping the night before. And, you know, that, yeah, that level of uncertainty is, is really difficult to deal with. And you know what? It's the, the uncertainty this year that we've experienced around COVID, in my view, is very similar to being in a war zone because you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, your life's not at risk. You're not going to die. No one's going to try and shoot you or kill you or anything like that. But when you don't really know what's around the next corner, it really focuses your attention on the here and now. And that's that's kind of my favourite thing. And the biggest lesson that I've learned of 2020 actually is I spent way too much time worrying about what's happened to me in my life and feeling bad or feeling ashamed or embarrassed about something. And I was spending way too much time thinking about the future, about where I want to go and what I want to be. And in, in some ways, it's been at the expense of living in the moment and having a bit more of a present-minded focus. And 2020 has really shone a spotlight on that for me. I agree, Rob, but it's, this is the point, you know, you understand the concept because you spend the time in the military and, you know, your, your business owner. Uh, you know, I'm facing on a daily basis a lot of uncertainty with the people I used to be. I'll put you this example. The pre-COVID, everybody was the biggest uh, public speaker. I was out yeah. there, but it was everything and everything and everything. During the COVID beginning, you know, you still had, you know, some of them, you know, old guard, I will call bloating and everything else but world leaders you see like you know you saw the leadership you know i don't have respect i'll say something you know even maybe the, the listeners disagree uh gladys Berejiklian, she's a premier of new south Wales, and she's a she's a female premier and she's every day standing there since last year the bushfires in, in, in new mm. south Wales. and regardless what uh, you know her life it is privately or this one that woman every day stands there, talks to the people, didn't walk us down, and she walks our shoes. So, you know, I have admiration for this one. How, you know, but COVID brought another thing, Zoom meetings and leadership meetings. Mm-hmm. And it's, for me, tragic comedy to listen to these things, people who are advising about leadership, but they've never been in, in the shoes of the ordinary people like yourself or me. So it is, it is as you said, like it was, it's hard to even contemplate what's the next seven days was the 14 days, but I said, one thing is a certain, this shall pass. And whatever you put this now, as you see, like you could say, easily say, I don't want to continue my podcast. Mm. You know, easy give up, but you didn't. I mean, to rose to number eight worldwide. I mean, you know how, uh, you know, <laughs> do you understand the, 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 the ramification? This one I say, number eight, podcast in the world are doing podcast Mario Beckers, mm. but you did it because you continue, even you have obstacles, you know, your family, your life, your business, your car, whatever it is. See, that's what that makes you unique, Rob. See, that's what that makes you uh, not just a leader, but so like uh, carrying that, that, that torch of hope with other people who's listening to you. Because after, after all, this is going to be like a time capsule mentioned before. 20 years time, 50 yeah. years time, you want to find your podcast? They were still like, yeah. what's kept in 2020? History Channel. Let's go see who is Robert Bruce. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's an interesting time in history, that's for sure. And I guess the other takeaway for 2020 for me has been in and around that leadership space, which is a, a really important discussion to have as well. And I think it's really kind of shown that the types of leaders around the world have been found, many of them have been found wanting. 
and the types of leadership that they were using pre-COVID just didn't work during these times of massive uncertainty because in times of uncertainty, people are looking for strong leaders, but many of them have just been really weak and really found wanting. It's easy to hide yourself behind the, behind the high walls and uh, tell people how to run the life. But I would say, and you agree, you, you were in combat in the military. You can have a high walls, you can have a bunkers. But once the, the wall has been pierced, wall collapse. The tide goes oh, yeah. out and you see who's wearing swimmers or not, right? That's how it goes. Well, Mario, after many years of working in the intelligence services and doing investigations, you've got a company called Insight Intelligence and you're doing intelligence, you're doing investigations, you're doing um, all all the spy cloak and dagger type stuff that people love to watch on Hollywood movies, but the reality is very different. It's sitting in a car taking pictures of people buggering out in their insurance claims, right? So tell, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and what's your superpower in this industry? Why are you so good at it? Look, I superpower. Superpower is education. I I I acquired in the past four decades of my life. It's safe to say that it's uh, I'm 48 years old, but I truly believe that knowledge knowledge uh, acquired through the education in communism uh, and education in a country with transition from communism to democracy in Australia. I truly believe education it's, it's a highest highest form of the powers somebody can have. Um, as you know, you agree with me. You know, when you have a conversation with somebody and somebody has the opinions are different, but somebody talks to you and say like, and the facts, I don't know, you know, some statement or some 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 data trolley conversation makes you uh, much more powerful. I think that predicting human behavior it's much more easier for me because I used to work in human intelligence. Yeah. And uh, I do remember in the school, in academy, that lady, she was a psychologist, she told us whatever we're doing, humans, we're doing in numbers, we sleep in numbers, we have sex in numbers, we walk in numbers, we eat in numbers. So it's easier to, to predict human behavior uh, based on uh, on some criteria and the understanding of the human social behavior. You know, you can see a lot of things like on social media, you're doing surveillance. Um, so that's the my superpower knowledge and experience in in in, in two different worlds i acquired and i'm happy to pass this on a, on a, on a my peers and my employees and the contractors but what makes them more greater is the people i'm working with and the people who work for this great company because they know it fill the gaps i don't have so mm-hmm. together we make this greater for ourselves yeah. Would you say that um, patience is one of the keys that you need in investigative work that you do? Yes. Look, you put, you have a certain pressure put by clients. They, of course, everybody wants results, and everybody wants results now. Mm. Uh, just for the for the positive outcome, it's a greater than anything else. Because, look, after all, I always say to my clients, look, Rob, I didn't know nothing about marketing sales. So when I was going to my first clients, and even today, I walk in and say like, what I can do for you to look good in your organization. People say to me, what do you mean? Like, this is not the pitch like everybody else. Like, look, I don't know differently. Mm. But if you give me the chance to prove myself that my first case with you is gonna be great, and you judge me by my last case, and they say, ooh, 
So I delivering the outcomes to clients is understanding their needs. Yeah. And uh, when the clients build anticipation, he wants results today, I need to say to client, it's not realistic because after all, it's a human slapping question. So when you do surveillance, you know, my investigators, they're great guys. The patients, it's, it's a bit true, it's a bit true. Um, I think you becoming older, it's, it's a harder when you're younger, you feel harder. <laughs> but you know, when you're contingent yourself on outcome, which is gonna bring you the benefits, not just the monetary, the, 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 the paying the, the, the salaries or fees, but satisfaction of clients that your name go further, mm. that makes you unique. So patience, yes, is necessary. And my patient sometimes, no, my client, no. And it's always that, you know, game in the middle, you try to negotiate that standby sort of status quo situation. So we call all can understand what's going to results going to be delivered. It's hard to deliver results. And now I said to client, it is a, waste of money of time to do this. I will not do it because I can't charge you for something I can't deliver. Yeah. But if you want to go to somebody else and my clients are so so far so happy, even patience is not a virtue for either of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting that you say that. Now you you've had the really as I was thinking about kind of forming some questions for this interview and just thinking about your background, you've seen all sides of human nature. So you've seen the best of people in war, you've seen the worst of people in war, and you've also seen the same as a civilian investigator as well. And the question that I've got, and it's a, it's a big one, you might not be able to answer it, or maybe you can take it in some stages for me and, and walk me through it. But you see people do things like you see good people get into trouble all the time. Like bad things happen to good people all the time and they need help. And that's what you do. You go and help people and you help people solve problems. You get to the bottom of things. You find out why they're doing that. Is there a common thread amongst bad people doing bad things? Do you, is there a common motivator that motivates them? Is it money? Is it power? Is it control? Is there something that you see all the time that you just think, oh man, this is so predictable? You and I, sharing the same love for the flying. Mm -hmm. And as you know, when it comes to the um, air crash accident, the investigators doesn't walk only the, the black box or the paper, they're going a lot of in the past and on the side, left and right, family, friends, circumstances, and everybody else. And there's a point in life when like before the crash happened, is a pilot error or is a, is a, a technical error. Mm -hmm. There's a point in where there's no return. When somebody does some decision, maybe guy on a maintenance on a, on a ground, did screw something, or maybe pilot was talking on mobile phone, just a figure of speech. Yep. Same thing in a life. It's opportunity, and opportunity builds temptation. Mm. Opportunity is that I know how I'm gonna steal from Robert number eight position from podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah. So I'm tempted to do this because I have a podcast and I wanna steal, just be feeling you nice so people don't think I'm talking yeah. about someone else, you know? So just, it's just a, just a conversation, uh, in, uh, hypothetical. So you have an opportunity to learn something from Robert, how to run the podcast, and there's temptation. How I want to steal his podcast, and there's a 
decision be made with a point of no return. So good person sometimes, and I say like, we can't qualify that everybody does equally same things, but it's always temptation. It's always temptation is a monetary reward or is a revenge. Mm. For in, in investigations, we conduct in workers' compensation or um, general insurance that theft. Everything is around opportunity and temptation to commit something to be rewarded somehow. Is it personally? Is it monetary? Some people love to see wall burn around them. So yeah. uh, there's uh, there's uh, there's uh, so like, but there's a no point of no return. So when the good person be associate itself, it was an opportunity to uh, even good person has debts, for example. And there's opportunity to borrow some little money from Robert and Mario Kitty, and uh, it will do it. Mm. But I mean, so it's always temptation relating an opportunity, how to, so the opportunity to satisfy thirst for temptation. Do I have the color club or business like Mario? And sooner or later, this has been discovered, and unfortunately, the stain stays forever. And that's very hard. To, to remove and the people regardless of regrets or not regrets they will have the stain on their life forever and a good person is going to be a good person because you're going to be a person that's going to avoid you and that's our job yeah. to prove our clients with the facts and evidence that committed activity illegal or any type it's really that person so they decide they're going to charge with police, take a federal court, or they're gonna stop employment or payments or these things. But it's always rolled one thing around. In majority cases, it's always monetary reward. Yeah, right. It, how to get money? Yeah. Well, how to avoid paying money? Yeah. <laughs> look, you know, I was sure it's like it's very easy today to be educated, Rob. You know, you go on the internet and you you have even lawyers who who help you the mm. case to build. You know, we help you. You're not guilty. We're gonna help you. Don't give this. Don't say that. Don't this. And uh, the perpetrators become very clever, very very clever. Um, except as a case of sexual harassment, which is it's hard to prove, but there is always uh, the traces of of, of of committed activity. So you can establish how this happened. But as I said, there's always the way around the money to people make to reward themselves because they believe they deserve mm. and the system will catch them. But our job is to catch them. So. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's uh, I, I didn't think that you were going to say financial. I thought you were going to say something else. But if that's the underlying driver between them and the temptation to do that as well. What about the, what about the other side for you, Mario, where you're investigating people and you're solving these these challenges for your clients and whatnot. Is there a story that you can share with us? You don't have to name names or anything like that. Is there one that stands out in your mind where you really made a difference to somebody and you really helped them do something? I mean, you, you do all this cloak and dagger spy stuff. You must have a story or two to share. Look, it's depending on what country you are. So I've been commissioned last year and I would say 2019 was the last year, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the client of mine, is a great is a great corporation, multi billion dollar corporation, all system policy positions place and however they have a suspicious that some of the information is going to competitor they didn't know how to you know how this happened. 
And I've been referred one of miles to this corporation, a full day, and you know, I explained myself who I am. And of course, the board of the people sitting there is like, well, we pay you such amount of money when we're paying three times more our head of intelligence. And I said like, well, this is the contract, you know, <laughs> just look to make it millions. Mm. Because, you know, even when you decide to do the business with somebody for the very first time, you're looking to make a long-term relationship rather than just a one-off. Because sure. after all, you carry some of those secrets with you all your life. So rather than extend the relationship business and carry these secrets forever, rather than just one job off. Um, so come back to the story. And um, regardless of what they put in place, they, they're missing information. So, and I ask them, they have a slightly suspicious who it is. Is somebody in this room? And everybody's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> like, is somebody in this room looking for the job with the competitor? So, you know, and I've, I've been looked by the CEO. He wasn't having my questions. I was like, maybe you don't like my approach, but at least I can see reaction of all you guys. So, so like, I want to communicate with one person, one person only. And now there's extensive work, almost 60 or 70 names uh, I need to link to the to the competitor. It was a painstaking job. Mm. Uh, there's a something called a social engineering, which is highly being applied to human intelligence methods, which is basically creating environment, storytelling, somebody talks to you, you open your mouth and... Basically, that's what it is. Yeah. That's in general is a core analog intelligence. People have to talk. Um, eventually, I, I heard it was not a confirmed story. A person X Y Z is going to be on a plane, and it flies in such a country. And I asked my uh, my employer. I feel like I like to have four seats around this person. And uh, it's your country. It's your plane. <laughs> um, so surely it's all fun. And it turns out that person was regular flying on a plane, transferring data on a plane. So she, she will go from point A to point B to point A. So on it, we'll have a couple of coffees and uh, burgers, a couple hours break, I come back. So what she will use is she will use the uh, electronic device to transmit the information from two competitors. And of course, we were there. Mm. And she was happily explaining, you know, her problems with the husband and everything, how she's doing the work with this. And hey, look, my face, it's it's very genuine face. And my English is, you know, it's, it's terrible. And she opened her heart and soul to me. And of course, you know, when we prepared the report to my client, they couldn't believe it because of one of, of executives. Yeah, right. That day on present on the meeting. She, she was in the room? No, she wasn't. She was Yeah, because look... <laughs> When it comes to industrial espionage, which is which is my expertise, industrial espionage it's 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 quite a delicate job, mm. and how the corporation living, uh, it's not you know electronic world, digital world, Zoom and all this. Yeah, it's, it's all this great, but Robert, you know this. Every idea, every blueprint starts in somebody's head, mm. and somebody that somebody goes for coffee, and that somebody talks over the coffee. And it creates the interest in, in a broader public. And our job is to capture this information around. Again, it's a money. Plus revenge. Revenge was a bigger drive for that lady. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it was a difficult job of two months and a lot of flying on a plane. and uh, uh, But eventually paid off on, on a fourth trip. It uh, seven hours on flight. Uh, it was it was it was an entire conversation about her about her life. So it was again 
long time and uh, that part is still with us. So uh, despite of all the methods, those policy procedures and anything else, that person, she was very angry, nobody noticed it. She was not promoted. Uh, she was very revengeful and she got opportunity. Mm. Temptation was there, opportunity she has in pocket. She cashed in and I don't know what her fate it is with the corporation or legal system, I don't know. So, but that's one of the stories I can, I can share with you. So people will always look for the way if they've been in position that can be rewarded and they believe it that nobody has a law, mm. well, they will do stupid things. It's, a, it's an interesting motivator in corporate, corporate espionage that I'm getting overlooked for a promotion or I'm not getting what I want, so I'm just going to go and give it to the competitors. It's like, that's really vindictive. It's, you've got to be careful with people like that, huh? That's 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 exactly what it is. It's, it's called a mindset that uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, methodology, monetary, mm. you know, and revenge, and you know, like it's uh, one of my books. I performance of whistleblowers. I had the entire system. So the thing it is, monetary reward, a revenge, it can be very very big drivers, drivers, or just drivers for the corporation to suffer losses without even knowing. So nasty stuff, nasty stuff. Thanks for sharing that story. It's a good one. Well, Mario, if if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, oh gosh, you know, corporate espionage—that's you know—I I don't, I don't, I haven't got a major corporation, you know, I'm not a giant company, but something's not quite right here. And I've seen it before, and I've dealt with a lot of accountants over the years where they've, you know, they've told me stories about their clients. You know, they have lots of lots of customers, business is going really well, their workshops are pumping, manufacturing is doing what it should be doing, everything's happening, but when they look at the books, they're scratching their heads going, one of these things is not like the other. All of this activity doesn't represent or, or cross-reference to my books and I seem to be going broke. There's no money in the bank account, I can barely make wages. And it's a common thing, embezzlement in a business is a very, very common thing and I'm sure you've dealt with that over your career. But are there one or two things that you could share with the audience that would help them maybe kind of be a little bit alert to what happens out there and, and some something in human behavior, something not quite right there? Look, I think that, you know, like as me was from the South Organization, COVID-19 created a, such a such a perfect breeding ground for the industrial espionage, mm. working from home, which most of corporations are not prepared whatsoever. And I truly believe they're not even today. So the the one of the of the the, the problems and obstacles that corporation facing right now, it's a social engineering. Because right. it's easy to approach somebody. You just pretend you're your customer. Because social engineering works this way. Uh, in, a, in, in a nutshell, I need to know who is Robert Bruce and his behavior, his uh, social engagement uh, in society, and I converse the story. I become your client or possible client, and then conversation starts online. Mm. Look, you don't know if I'm in Dubai right now. You know I'm in Sydney. Yes, you know, but I mean, if I'm in Dubai, I turn the camera on, I say, like, look, I'm in, in Sydney, I'm inquiring with the Zoom, some particular product from you and everything else. And then we start conversing and everything else. Now, there's a danger. Um, it's not that always the same sex talk to same sex. And the work from home can cause a lot of loneliness and uh, less um, engagement with the, with, the, with the peers. So yep. we start talking to strangers. Particularly, I'll, I'll give you one example. When I start working in, when I start working in the seven in foreign, in uh, the Park Foreign Affairs, we lost a quarter one hour agent 
in, in, in Sweden. He's been found in Israel. And what it happened, he's been approached by the lady in, in the Red Porsche in Sweden. And um, he's been found in Israel in, in different parts. Uh, so when we dress him back, he was very lonely. He was very lonely. He was walking, you know, from the from the safe place and started engaging with the person online. Now, working from home can create that breeding ground of people, particularly for corporations. If you don't control what goes out, if you don't have the plan how to protect your information, that's what I'm doing, I'm educating corporations in counterintelligence processes, how to protect information, how to build uh, daily intelligence briefings for themselves. If you don't have the plan, somebody else is going to have a plan for you. And mm. you don't like it. Mm. Um, social media, again, it's a springboard. People see everything. They're, they're, uh, they're noticing everything, and they're building momentum from there. So whether corporations need to look for, it's not the losses in money, but in productivity. And particularly when you see the similarity of the products on the market being launched. So that's mean that slowly people talking and puzzle by puzzle, puzzle by puzzle, information by information, somebody collects the entire blueprint of your product. So that's that's the one thing working from home, it's a it's 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 a problem for the for the corporations and it's gonna continue to be a problem until we don't come back in the office, or at least they need to provide the employees uh, trip guidelines and monitoring tools over what's going out. Now, the biggest, <laughs> you, you know, you'll love this one, trash. Trash is the biggest free source of intelligence. <laughs> I write several articles. Trash is for free. Mm. It also nobody. I dig in trash many years when I was starting as operative in the field. Yeah. Trash from corporation to- says everything. As much as we see the trash, but you know, you, you work in the army, I work in the military, we chuck at everything as well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even I was working in, 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 in military security, intelligence services, we were chucking some papers, you know, like, and, but okay, we knew this going into a big container, we were burning at the other night. Well, we believe we're burning, of course. Yeah. Uh, but the trash is a something where everybody needs to be aware. Working from home or corporation, Everything was going to be in, you have no control. From the moment it comes in the bin, somebody cleans. The famous cases between the Microsoft and Oracle a few years ago, where the Microsoft, uh, sorry, Oracle paid the uh, PI company, very famous PI company. I don't know how famous they are because they, they screw up badly. So they paid a thousand dollars to the janitor who was stealing the papers for Oracle. It's been a court, right? Microsoft didn't know how. So janitor says like, well, they pay me thousand bucks, they're getting hundred thousand dollars. So he's going to Microsoft and like, I has been paid to steal garbage from you. <laughs> and of course, was like, so the garbage is as much as see, as much as we disregarding, garbage goes somewhere. Yeah. And once when it's a garbage bin, you know, you can put all your bills, correspondence, uh, you know, printouts and everything else. Garbage bin and trash, it's the most valuable intelligence and because we're all seeing this uh, online conversations, we're mm. seeing the computer, and we're still manufacturing a lot of information which we don't control and goes through our door without noticing. So yeah. those two things I would say, you know, social engineering online and uh, plus the trash intelligence, which we, during the COVID, we amalgamated a lot in our home. And, and as I say, if you're not sure what to do, shred it. Shred it and, you know, shred it again. 
rather than being so feeling sorry like that. Yeah, it's great, great advice, great advice. And, you know, in, in the spirit of uh, what we do here at the Go All In show and, and inside of the ecosystem that we have, I, I have a drill that I use. I call it the start, stop, continue drill. And in the spirit of intelligence, I'd like to say that you need to start having a daily intelligence briefing, making sure that you're covering off on all the things that potentially could go wrong and plugging those gaps. You need to stop doing the things that you know could cause those gaps and doing those things. And you need to continue to actually work with your staff to actually do that because it's an evolving process, right? So that's my start, stop, continue yeah. for- I got some military minds who've been there to understand this. Uh, Australian culture corporations has been, um, as I said, pre-COVID was looking very strong for me. I was very fascinated with the things. But when the COVID happened, I said like, well, this doesn't make a sense. You relinquish officers for the working from home for the sake of the productivity, but it's once when you're online, everybody's online, so everybody can be online. So, but you know, we can talk about this forever, but it's important that corporations have the intelligence briefings mm. uh, on a daily basis, and it's very important corporations understand how to protect information and they uh, intellectual property. Yeah, it's very, very important. It's not a subject that's discussed enough, I think, and I think that's something that needs to be uh, brought to the forefront of more uh, people's mindset as well. Mario, you've got a, a book that you've written. Tell us about your book. What's the title? And uh, tell us some more about it. Well, look, it's it's. I, I published several books now. Well, I'll be, I'll be frank. One book is called uh, Investigative Methods and Techniques, which I published in 2018. Um, in the meantime, I publish a couple of monographs. Monographs, it's a single object, a single topic. Um, it's a expertise based. Um, I wrote about informants and the whistleblowers, which I, I'm trying to uh, train corporations how to cherish and protect whistleblowers rather than giving them the boot. And you know, because whistleblowers at the end of the day can be very very helpful organization, but they need to be treated then uh, as I was treating informants while I was working in, in government service. Second one, it's uh, establish identity because it, in, in in the world we're living, identity is everything. Mm. I think we had no ID cards like in Europe or uh, other uh, countries. Um, we had the Medicare's and drug licenses. It's very important to establish identity visually and personally based on our three categories, physical, legal, and uh, what's it called now? Psychological. So the thing, and then the third one, I just finished right now, which is called Social Engineering, Hacking the Human Brain. So this is the, I done with the professor, uh, uh, Dr. Patrick Scholar-Grave from the 460 degrees and Deakin University in Melbourne. And thank you for asking. I didn't want to share this because it wasn't finished. I just finished my uh, two books, uh, Blood, Soak, Soil, and... Um, Still rain, my reflection of growing up in communism and being a war. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been asked by the one publisher, the lady Shekhanakalization, like you and I, and she said, like, why don't you put this on the paper? I said, like, look, I can put on the paper, but I need five people to translate my English into readable English. <laughs> so after three years' time, uh, um, I'm very proud to say that in the next three months, I'm going to have the first readable script. Nice. I'm um, talking about uh, experiencing war, experiencing war as, as, a, as a child and as a soldier, but not talking about uh, war operations, but more reflection about my fears, my doubts, my, uh, my faiths, 
mm. um, you know, searching for the love and all these things. So, yeah, that's that's the books I'm, 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 I wrote it. And this is, thank you for asking, Robert. Really appreciate that. You know, I can share my on podcast. Go all in, Robert Bruce. Now, my pleasure. Hey. It's my pleasure, mate. Thank my you. pleasure. If people want to get a copy of your books, what's the best way for them to do that? Look, they can contact me on uh, mario at mariobeckes.com.au. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my uh, email. Uh, so they can contact me, mario at mariobeckes.com.au, or they can go on the Insane Touches Group website and ask for Mario on, uh, on a general email, and I will reply to them. And ladies and gentlemen, as usual, if you just take a little peek at the show notes, the links to Mario's website, his email and his socials will be right there as well. And I'll, I'll find the book cover and I'll put that in the show notes as well so people can check that out uh, and see it all there as well. Mario, as we bump up against an hour here on the podcast, I just wanted to say a big thank you for coming on the show and uh, being here with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I know that we could talk about intelligence spy cloak and dagger war stories for hours and hours and maybe we should do another podcast and have a little bit of fun or maybe we should just do it over a beer and do it that way i think it's time you know like seeing that you on a face-to-face will be will be more prudential rob i would like to listen yes yeah i'd like that as well mario thanks again for coming on mate i wanted to give you the opportunity for the the parting comment the the final piece of wisdom for the go all in exclusive audience what have you got for us today mate I will not talk about myself as the best. I truly believe that you all should listen to Robert Bruce and go all in um, because for one very simple reason, he gives opportunity to share the knowledge experience of the people like myself and unknown, unknown people you know, in the background and it keeps us sane and it's a time capsule of to reflect and learn from the past for the future. So stay tuned on this Go All In with Robert Bruce because this is going to be great here for this podcast due to being me on our podcast and everybody else who can who can contribute to your podcast, yes. So that's my wisdom. Listen, Robert Bruce and Go All In podcast. Thank you, Mario. Thanks again for coming on, mate. We look forward to speaking with you soon. It's bye for now. there you have it folks another episode complete so thanks for tuning in today and if you want to find out more and any of the detail about anything that i covered on the podcast today just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links are right there in the show notes for your convenience also if you've got a question a message or some feedback for the show you can reach out to me via the ama page and share your thoughts and questions and Don't forget, you can ask my guests any questions you've got there as well. So if you've been listening to some back episodes and you've got some questions or some comments or some feedback, just pop on over to the AMA page and you can find the link right there in the show notes for you as well. Don't forget, you can get your free copy of my best-selling masterclass and that's worth $149 and I'm giving that to you for free. Just head on over to goallin.com.au forward slash referral to find out more. And that link is also right there in the show notes for you. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time.